tres, cuatro. Welcome to this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. We recently aired an interview with guitarist, singer, and songwriter Nancy Wilson of Heart, but we wanted to share more of that interview since we had such a great time doing it and because I've been a fan since like 1978, and there was some great stuff on the cutting room floor. Listen as we talk with Nancy about her soundtrack work on the film Almost Famous, whether her kids think it's cool that she's a rock star and when she'll tour her solo record, and again, with heart. You know, um, I think, Nancy, one of the things that your fans uh, have come to really appreciate the guitar playing was in the soundtracks you did for your husband, uh, Cameron Crowe, at the time was your husband. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you remember this, but I had a fantastic uh, experience where uh, I was on set uh, when they were doing the final day of sound mixing for Almost Famous. There were all these looks back at, at 20 years uh, of, since that movie. And, uh, and Cameron was stymied. Uh, you know, there they, they needed to be the perfect piece of music in that scene where young William Miller, his doppelganger, is running along the airport concourse and, you know, Kate Hudson's in the jet window and they're looking at each other. I, I need something. I need something. He calls you up, you know, and I'm sitting next to him. You had the, the boys. The boys were, were, were just born. They, they were infants at that point. And, you know, now now they're going to be 21, right? And, uh, you know, I got to get a sitter. All right, I'll come, right? And then you came down to the Fox lot and, you know, you, you sat down and plugged in your bass uh, to a fuzz box, to a Marshall stack. And you said, hey, Jim, come sit here. And I sat there and Cameron ran the film and you hit a chord on the bass, as I recall it. And it, it sustained and sustained and sustained. And, you know, you look at him, is it something like that? He said, exactly that. Well, you know, I'll do it again. No, 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 that's perfect. And then you left. And I was like, oh, my God, it's my claim to fame. I sat next to Nancy Wilson while she played the one perfect chord. The finish off, you know? yeah. but, but But you added, you know, not only uh, wrote the songs of Stillwater, this band that never existed, that is so perfect, but the interstitial music is so beautiful for those films. And I was just wondering, you know, what the film scoring experience taught you and if we'll get more of that from you. That's a great story. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't, you, you have no memory of it, but like to me, I was like, okay, this, you know, like, yeah, I met John Paul Jones once, and I'm, uh, you know, and, and, and now I've sat next to Nancy Wilson while she recorded for the movie. Yeah, I think I'd already written the, um, the, the score cue for that scene, but it just needed to be heavier, and it needed a big sustained low bass, you know, to bring, to bring the heartbreak to the scene, you know, so, you know, to take, to to fill it up emotionally more. And, and that was a running recurring theme throughout the film, which, you know, had the mandolin and and Mm -hmm. stuff going on. But I think it just needed to have the, the underlying wallop, emotional wallop was what, what I figured, well, I better go put the bass on that. (laughs) (laughs) It was perfect. Yeah, that's so cool that you, that you knew. Yeah, I, I um, 
I had a really fun doing the score stuff. The score stuff was a big education for me musically because it's so different from writing rock music, you know, songs where you have to pull lyrics out of your soul, you know, and, yeah. and try to expose something that you feel without um, allowing your review board in your own head, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to stop you. <laughs> I, right. I've heard you talk about that, that it was Paul Simon who taught you uh, that you've got to like turn off that, that critic in your head. Yeah. And, and start from something small in order to write. Yeah, like you want to start somewhere kind of a moment or or like a weather report or something, you know, and then you mm. sort of open it out, open it out, open it out. Um, and then when you when you get to your bridge area, you you want to kind of summate some in summation. Here's, you know, here's what I'm learned or here's what I'm what I've been taught by this experience and then you kind of mm. You know, get back to your um, your catchy chorus. <laughs> <laughs> get back to the chorus quickly. When you count up the rainstorms, when you're running for cover, no, you're not alone. So I hear that. Uh, Hart is uh, thinking about possibly doing some more work. I don't know if this is going to preclude you touring behind your solo record, uh, which we're excited about. But um, what's the next uh, year look like for you, Nancy? Well, there's a there's a nice fat offer on the table from Nation for Hart to go out in 2022, which sounds really exciting to me. Um, the last one we did was really one of the better tours ever, more successful than almost any other art tour since the mid-80s. And so, I mean, um, for for the next little while, you know, bolstered by the fact that the vaccination thing is starting to roll out better and, you know, there's more people that can get vaccinated in more age groups getting vaccinated. Um, we have a plan with the solo thing to go to Seattle um, in June, early June, and do a show with the Seattle Symphony at Benaroya Hall, which oh, wow. is a, that's cool. It's a, it's a gorgeous performance art center with a big pipe organ in the back. It's built for sound. It's one of those mm -hmm. gorgeous places. Hearts played there too. We did a Christmas program there one time, but um, so. It would be a show, hopefully, that would not only happen one time, you know, we'd maybe go more than one night there, depending, and I'd go probably out by myself first, do some solo acoustic stuff, and then bring the band out, who all lives in Seattle, most of them are from the band, you know, the last tour, Heart Tour, who worked on my album, and, um, and then at the end of the uh, show then bring the Seattle Symphony out for with the full band and everybody. Wow! And, uh, finish the show like that. It seems like it might be doable by June, and maybe we could do it more than once, or maybe travel it to a couple of other mm -hmm. performance art built for sound type rooms. Does any of this ever impress the twins? <laughs> Soon to be twenty one. 
They are 21. They turn 21. Oh, they are t- oh, already 21. Okay. Does ever does any of this impress them or is it just like, yeah, ma, I don't want I don't want <laughs> I don't want to hear it. When they were little, they didn't quite understand what it, what it was that I exactly was trying to do out there. Like, why does why are all these people yelling at my mom and she's up on this <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I hope they're not trying to hurt her, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, they, but they really get it now. They're really proud and, um, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, yeah, mom, you're a badass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you are a badass, for Absolutely. sure. And my, my son, what about, there's Billy, Billy and Curtis. Billy's an illustrator, really a good illustrator. And Curtis is quite a good guitar player at this time and mm. incidentally he had a little poem that he'd written for school where uh i really liked liked it because it was whimsical and it's called the in between and it uh, turned into one of the songs on this album oh okay so the song the in between on you and me is based on on that yeah a lot of his lyrics are in it uh, from a poem Which I suddenly found to be very appropriate in the in the light of the the red and the blue and the wrong and the right and all of the, the argumentative you know nature of the atmosphere of the last four years. Yeah. And I thought that is that's pretty meaningful right now. So and put it in a whimsical context like that, it sort of takes some of the barbs out of it. <laughs> See, you miss you miss having uh, with an advanced stream, Nancy. Or back when we used to get uh, you know advanced cassettes, we'd get we'd get yeah. like notes like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's great. That that I'm now I'm eager to go back and listen to that song again. I know it's a it's people kind of really gravitate towards it because it's fun, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of heavy-handed, you know, poetic stuff too in, in the album. So yeah, so it's it's a it's very. Um, versatile the album's versatile that's it for this bonus episode of sound opinions if you've got thoughts on this episode start a conversation in our facebook group or leave a voice message on our website to support the show join our patreon community or buy some merch at soundopinions.org thanks for listening